ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय so we are on the 69th verse of the 18th chapter we may finish the 6th canto today there's some possibility of that i'd say so we're going up to 71 so verse 69 after diti said to thereafter diti said to indra my dear son i adhere to this difficult vow just to get a son to kill your you 12 Aditya's. So she reveals her mind. She, she's being vulnerable, as we would say in modern parlance. I prayed for only one son, but now I see that there are 49. How has this happened? My dear son, Indra, if you know, please tell me the truth. Do not try to speak lies. So apparently, even in bygone days, people were not always truthful. Indra replied, my dear mother, because i was grossly blinded by selfish interests i lost sight of religion when i understood that you were observing a great vow in spiritual life i wanted to find some fault in you <clears throat> when i found such a fault i entered your womb and cut the embryo to pieces purport when diti indra's aunt explained to indra without reservations what she had wanted to do Indra explained his intentions to her. So this is a very important point, okay? She again using modern language, she was vulnerable. She told the truth and then that allowed Indra to also do a, a mea culpa. That this is, you know, I had these and you had those intentions, well I had these intentions. Thus both of them instead of being enemies freely spoke the truth. This is the qualification that results from contact with Vishnu as stated in Shrimad Bhagavatam Yasyasti Bhaktir Bhagavat Yakinchana Savayagunas Tatra Samasate Suraha If one develops a devotional attitude and becomes purified by worshiping the Supreme Lord all the good qualities are certainly manifested in his body because of being touched by worship of Vishnu both Diti and Indra were purified so they mm, so they both became vulnerable and and we can learn a lesson here that when we are vulnerable when we do speak the truth or we do you know to a trusting person not to anybody but to a trusting person um describe our shortcomings or our struggles or our mistakes it creates connection and that's exactly you know that that's what any you know vulnerability guru would tell you today and that's exactly what happened here with diti and and indra and ditra diti to her credit she started it she explained to indra and then in, what her motivation was and indra felt safe enough we could say to explain to her so in in relationships um and we have different relationships in this world with with spiritual uh guides gurus with with equals with subordinates um with family members etc um at the right time in the right place in the right circumstance it can be a necessary risk to take and it has to be of course like i said in front of the right person and don't think it's going to be comfortable 
it's not like it's fun uh, on one level to be vulnerable and to to uh, to be able to uh, <clears throat> tell people of our shortcomings, but it, but it it really makes connection. And here we're seeing a perfect example of that, right here in the shastra, how there's a this connection, you know, they, they were sworn enemies, so to speak, you know, especially DT felt that about Indra. Now she's saying, my dear son, et cetera. Right. Um, uh, they both just kind of said, well, yeah, I blew it. Well, I also blew it. Okay. We both blew it. Hare Krishna. And, you know, um, and they, 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 they became uh, close in, in that sense. So this is a very, very instructive in terms of relationships here, right here in this uh, verse in the Shastra. So some questions or comments on this point? If you want to be vulnerable, that is. Yeah. Yes, Andy? Yeah, I think the reason it worked is because they were both, they're vulner- showing their vulnerability, vulnerability was in the form of showing who they really are. Like, Didi was plotting to kill him, so that's pretty unfriendly. And... Uh, <laughs> But Indra's method is kind of always like subterfuge, right? He could have plotted to kill her, but his way of doing things is subterfuge. He finds a way to get in and mess up the plan. So they both showed who they really are, right? They put their cards on the table. I'm the kind of person that would plot to kill somebody. Indra is, I'm the kind of person that would be sneaky and try to, you know, find some way to undercut your plans. (laughs) That's it. So it worked. Very nice. Yeah. That's an interesting description of Indra. He dressed up as a sannyasi and yeah, he did different things like that. Yes, <laughs> yes, and and for us, it's it's an interesting. I guess the right word is dilemma, because we are who we are, and we all know if we have any honest self honesty, we all know our personal shortcomings, and at the same time, we have that faith that. Well, well, okay, before we get into faith, we have the philosophical understanding that ultimately I'm a pure person. And we have the faith that Lord Nityananda, Lord Srimati Radharani, our Guru Maharaj, etc., can purify even our hearts. So we have that kind of juxtaposition that, okay, yeah, we don't want to dwell too much on how lousy we are, because that um, doesn't easily transfer into how wonderful, or it should, the lousiness of ourselves should transfer into the glory, the glory of God, as it were, right? And how he can do anything, including purify our hearts. So it's it's a, I don't think it's a contradiction. I don't even think it's a dilemma. It's it's kind of like, as we've spoken about before, the second verse of the Shikshasikam, Nanu Ragaha, I, you know, the holy name is the greatest benediction, but I have no taste. And therefore, Trinata Pisuni Chena. I think of how wonderful Krishna is, and I take the humble position. So thank you for that, Andy. And Chitra wrote something here. Wonderful example of forgiveness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And forgiveness is a is an important quality of a Vaishnava. Hmm. Yeah. Other thoughts on this? Uh, on this. Uh, yes, Maha Mantra Group or wife? I couldn't tell who it was. Yes. So, um, 
what i feel is like this vulnerability part uh, i mean also coming honestly in front of the spiritual authorities about the recognized shortcomings and genuine desire to work on them the what i felt is like the mercy comes in abundance ways abundant mm-hmm. ways when yes. desire is genuinely to overcome and uh, acceptance that i have this very nice yes. Very nice. yeah. yeah even though it can feel like open heart surgery when you're going through it yes <laughs> yeah uh, without 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 anesthesia yeah right <laughs> uh, the the ultimate uh thing is yes yeah, so that's very nicely said and and that's why uh, that's why i said it's not necessarily fun but it it really sweetens a relationship yes it sweetens a relationship yeah mm-hmm. thank you bro Thank you. Um did someone else want to say something? I thought when Mama Mantra got on there was another voice also. Yes, Prabhu ji, this is Anand Rupai was trying to come in. Yes, yes, sorry about that. No please, problem. please. So, um you know, listening to you all, I was trying to relate. We just had Mahotsav, Nitanantrayodeshi Mahotsav, and I learned more about um merciful, how much mercy we have if we hold tightly to the lotus feet of Lord Nityananda. And uh, <clears throat> the whole thing shila propad again and again he tells in some way he's telling in all different purposes we we need mercy of a pure soul and so in order to be able to be uh, at the purified state where we can offer uh, our devotion we can mm-hmm. please krishna we can serve krishna it's not possible without the mercy of uh, vaishnavas and pure soul and lord nitananda who is uh, expansion of lord krishna actually not different from lord krishna so much we heard and read about nitai pad kamal so that was something immediately came to my mind and uh, thank you thank you very much shall we carry on so 72 first i cut the child in the womb into seven pieces which became seven children then i cut each of the children into seven pieces again by the grace of the supreme lord however none of them died my dear mother when i saw that all 49 sons were alive i was certainly struck with wonder i decided that this was a secondary result of your having regularly executed devotional service in worship of lord vishnu although those who are interested only in worshiping the supreme personality of god do not desire anything material from the lord and do not even want liberation lord krishna fulfills their desire the ultimate goal of all ambitions is to become a servant to the supreme personality of godhead if an intelligent man serves the most dear lord who gives himself to his devotees how can he desire material happiness which is available even in hell oh my mother o oh best of all women i am a fool kindly excuse me for whatever offenses i have committed Your 49 sons have been born unhurt because of your devotional service as an enemy I cut them to pieces but because of your great devotional service they did not die Sri Sukadeva Goswami continued Diti was extremely satisfied by Indra's good behavior then Indra offered his respects to his aunt with profuse obeisances and with her permission he went away to the heavenly planets with his brothers the Maruts My dear king predicted 
I have replied as far as possible to the questions you have asked me, especially in regard to this pure, auspicious narration about the Maruts. Now you may inquire further, and I shall explain more. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta Purports, the sixth canto, 18th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Diti Vows to Kill King Indra. So chapter 19, performing the Pungshravana ritualistic ceremony. And Prakshamaraj begins with a question. My dear Lord, you have already spoken about the Pungshravana vow. Now I want to hear about it in detail, for I understand that by observing this vow, one can please the Supreme Lord Vishnu. So uh, Maharaj, he's saying, okay, I know the purpose of the vow. That's to worship Vishnu and to please him. Um, yet it's also clear from, you know, from the previous chapter that one might uh, attain results other than the Lord's pleasure when one successfully completes this vow. So uh, he wants to know more about it. And we're going up to verse number four. Sukadev Goswami said, On the first day of the bright fortnight of the month of Agrahayana, which is uh, November, December, Following the instructions of her husband, a woman should begin this regulative devotional service with a vow of penance, for it can fulfill all one's desires. Before beginning the worship of Lord Vishnu, the woman should hear the story of how the Maruts were born. Under the instructions of qualified brahmanas, in the morning she should wash her teeth, bathe, and dress herself with white cloth and ornaments. And before taking breakfast, she should worship Lord Vishnu and Lakshmi. She should then pray to the Lord as follows. My dear Lord, you are full of all opulences, but I do not beg you for opulence. I simply offer my respectful obeisances unto you. You are the husband and master of Lakshmi Devi, the goddess of fortune, who has all opulences. Therefore, you are the master of all mystic yoga, I simply offer my obeisances unto you. And the purport, Prabhupada first quotes uh, the Ishopanishad invocation that uh, a devotee knows how to appreciate the Lord. Um, and then the verse, Om Purnam Adaha Purnamidam. And then Prabhupada writes uh, later, Therefore, to take shelter of the Supreme Lord is required. Whatever a devotee needs will be supplied by the complete Supreme Personality of Godhead. Tesham nitya bijuktanam yoga shemam baham yaham. Therefore, a pure, that, that means uh, Krishna will preserve what we have and carry what we lack for those who are devoted to him. Therefore, a pure devotee will not ask anything from the Lord. He simply offers the Lord his respectful obeisances and the Lord is prepared to accept whatever the devotee can secure to worship him even patram pushpam falam toyam, a leaf flower fruit award. There is no need to artificially exert oneself. It is better to be plain and simple and with respectful obeisances offered to the Lord whatever one can secure. The Lord is completely able to bless the devotee with all opulences. So as I was reading that purport, I was thinking about, which is, it's kind of connected to verse 71. We were talking about being vulnerable and being honest uh, with other people. And here we're hearing about having an honest relationship with the Lord. Uh, 
we, we tell the Lord, I, I, you know, I know I, I'm not there yet, but I really want to purely serve you. And Christian can supply whatever we need. Um, so we live simply and we serve to the best of our capacity. We may even try to do big things for Krishna, big things for Iskan, big things for Prabhupada's mission, but our mood is a humble servant. And that mood of being a humble servant is, uh, yeah, it's really important. It reminds me, um, many years ago, I was in Puri, and I went to see uh, Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj. He was about 101, I think then, 99. Yeah, he was very uh, elderly. And, we, you know, it, it was amazing how we could just pretty much the servant, oh, yes, please come see Maharaj. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I thought, you know, <laughs> you know, this is much more important than getting a vaccine, and it's like impossible to get a vaccine, but you know, immediately I could go see this great soul. So I, he was very, very old, and he was on oxygen machine if I remember and he just very difficultly went like this he just, you know and who am I I'm just some young whippersnapper uh, of a devotee and he says exalted elderly Vaishnava but he had that simple thing that uh, from his point of view a devotee has walked in the room and I have to offer him my respects <laughs> and it was such a uh, pure and simple, um, you know, it just reminded me of this verse, right, where, where it says the devotee just wants to offer respectful obeisances. So obviously he couldn't offer respect, and I would be totally chagrin if he would have tried to do that, but just the very difficult fold his palms, but he, uh, but he did it. Um, so this so this is a this is a challenge, especially for us living in the Western world. It doesn't matter these days. It doesn't matter Western, Eastern. You know, big city. You know, Del- it's not like Delhi is much more pious than London or Washington D.C. these days. You know, uh, but being city dwellers and living the complicated lives that we live, right, where we have to, you know, whatever it is, we have to get oil changes and we have to. Uh, you know, pay taxes and we have to, you know, pay the electric bill and we have to, you know, take the kids to this thing and do that and all all the myriad of things that we have to do just living in in this world. And and sometimes deal with people who may not have the best intentions all the time and, um, you know, getting spam phone calls and emails from a long lost prince in Nigeria ask, you know, or whatever, right? <laughs> All the different things. Um, and to remain s- simple, simple-hearted does not mean simpleton, right? But to try to have, especially in our relationship with Krishna and Krishna's devotees, that kind of simple, pure-hearted approach, uh, even if we have to deal very, you know, like Prabhupada said, we can be like a lion on the chase and a lamb at home. So we may have to be a lion sometimes when we're, you know, the um, insurance company doesn't want to pay for our, or wants to, you know, boost up our premium for an accident that it was not our fault or something. And we may have to be, you know, a little lion-like and, 
and how to deal with that, or at least smart. It doesn't mean we have to yell at people, but at least smart. But with devotees, we try to let go of that uh, calculatedness, if there is such a word, and and deal more open-heartedly. Again, it harping back a bit to the uh, to the DT and Indra relationship. So this uh, Prabhupada used to like to quote Mahatma Gandhi, who was fond of saying simple living and high thinking. Right. So some thoughts on, on this point from this purport. You know, I've really been thinking a lot about um, how um, not to find fault, how important it is not to find fault with the devotees. You know, um, of course, there's a famous story of uh, Pundarika Vidyanidhi, who you, he saw them offering a cloth to Lord Jagannath that hadn't been washed. It was a cloth that was still starched and it hadn't been washed. And he got upset, you know, and he made a fuss, you know, um, and, um, and, and it's in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And that night he had a dream and uh, Jagannath and Balaram came to him and, and started slapping him. And um, and when he woke up the next morning, his face was all red and puffy, but he had a big smile. <laughs> so that, that that story like just really hit me and it made me think, let's just not find fault with the devotees. Yeah. I don't want to sit around finding fault with the devotees. And I, you know, and, and I don't want to be slapped around by Jagan. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind that, but uh, yeah. but I, that might be okay. I, I, I have a big smile, but anyway, it's just I've been. I, I really took the point of don't find fault with the devotees because we can really get ourselves in trouble. Mm. Well, Henry, let me ask you a question. And you had so much association for several years with uh, Jamuna Devi. Was she a fault finder? Did she go around saying, "Oh, this person stinks," and that person? Never, never, never right? No. <laughs> Never. Uh. Yeah, advanced devotees protect their bhakti lata very carefully um, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, offending Vaishnavas. Yeah, and even we should try. Even though I said lion on a chase, um, there is something called jana aparad, which means you know just offending average people, sort of you know so called because everyone's spiritual, um, and we you know we don't go out of our way to do that. We may sometimes have to. You know, for deal, like I said, dealing with the insurance company, we may have to use our intelligence to how to, you know, keep our premium the way it was. But, uh, but we, as a general rule, we don't, um, we don't want to accept anyone. Dira, dira, adira, jana priya. That uh, the six Goswamis were priya, were dear to the cultured and the ruffians alike. Thank you for that, Henry. Other thoughts on this? Okay. Well, uh, then we are going, oh, we're only going up to the next verse. <laughs> Very good. Next verse is five. Um, oh, my Lord, because you are endowed with causeless mercy, all opulences, all prowess, and all glories, strength, and transcendental qualities, uh, you are the supreme personality of Godhead, the master of everyone. So this is the prayer, right? Um, and in the purport, Prabhupada writes, uh, let's see. The Supreme Personality of God is endowed with all six opulences in full. And moreover, he is extremely kind to his devotees. So isn't that nice? So he has all these opulences, right? We, we talk about all wealth, all beauty, all knowledge, all renunciation, etc. But, but here, Prabhupada says, and moreover, moreover, he's extremely kind 
to his devotees. Although he has fallen himself, he nonetheless wants all the living entities to surrender unto him so that they may engage in his service. So that's what Krishna wants us to do. And then Prabhupada talks about this. Uh, he, he's talking about Arjuna becoming an instrument in the battle of Kurukshetra. And at the end, he says, considering all these points, the most important aspect of the Supreme Lord's self-sufficiency is that he depends on his devotees. Now, you could read that 10 times and you say, wait, isn't that contradictory? His, the greatest aspect of his self-sufficiency is dependent, is depending on someone else? <laughs> huh? So just, just consider this for a second in your, in your mind, in your heart. The most important aspect of the Supreme Lord's self-sufficiency is that he depends on his devotees. And then Prabhupada kind of explains it. This is called his causeless mercy. The devotee who has perceived the causeless mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead by realization can understand the master and the servant. So what an advanced understanding of God. Krishna can do anything but he relishes the, the service of the devotee. You know, it's, it, if we cook a nice prep, Krishna doesn't need our, our sub puri and sabjis or our pizza. Or what do you mean? Even our chapan bog, you know, 56 different offerings. But he loves it when it's offered with bhakti. He loves it when it's offered with, uh, with devotion. Hmm. Oh, so let's, let's, it's such a beautiful purport, actually. Let's read a little bit more. Uh, Thus he becomes satisfied. Although he is full in himself, he nonetheless becomes pleased with his devotees, offer him a leaf of flower, fruit, or water in devotion. Sometimes the Lord, as a child of Lord Mother Yashoda, requests his mother, his devotee, for some food, as if he were very hungry. Sometimes he tells his devotee in a dream that his temple and his garden are now very old and he cannot enjoy them very nicely. Thus he requests the devotee to repair them. Sometimes he is buried in the earth and if, as if unable to come out, this is a deity himself, as if unable to come out himself, he requests the devotee to rescue him. Sometimes, and then Prabhupada so nicely talks about himself very sweetly. Sometimes he requests his devotee to preach his glories all over the world. Although he alone is quite competent to perform this task. Even though the Supreme Personality of God is, is endowed with all the possessions and is self-sufficient, he depends on his devotees. I, I love that little autobiographical sentence there. So it's a very, very sweet purport because it is uh, um, unveiling the very sweetness of Krishna's relationship with the devotee. He can do everything himself, yet he uh, relishes the service of the devotee. I'm trying to think of analogies in this world of that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of a... I don't know if this is exactly the right analogy, but uh, one that someone told me a while ago, and I thought it was very sweet also. So the, the parents give the child, 
a um, an allowance every week, right? In in many parts of the world, and then the child takes that allowance and buys the parents an anniversary gift or a, a Diwali gift or a birthday gift or something like that. So it's the parents' energy. It's not exactly the, to this purpose, but it's there's some similarity. Uh, it's given to the but the child out of love offers it back. And you can imagine how that touches the heart of, of the parent when that happens, right? The child could have used it for some video game or, or, you know, buying some sweets or something like that, but instead saved up the money and bought the parents a gift. Yeah. So Krishna doesn't need, the parent doesn't need that gift, right? Doesn't need that gift, but but is overwhelmed, practically speaking, by the exchange of love. So we, that's why we should never be proud of our service. You know, Mahamantra, if you get 1,000 people to chant the Mahamantra, you still shouldn't be proud of that. You should just say, I'm a humble servant of Prabhupada and my Guru Maharaj. Plus, you know, and, and similarly, become, uh, what's that, Prabhu? If I become proud, Krishna doesn't send people to chant <laughs> I experienced that. Yeah. Yes. And Raghunandam Prabhu, if you have 50 people wanting to join your Namhata, you don't think, now I'm a big, big preacher. <laughs> no, it's, it's whatever we do, we try to, um, uh, we don't, you know, because we're so, you know, devotees, you know, we're all trained to kind of say, no, Prabhu, I have no good qualities. But to really uh, develop that inner consciousness of uh, dependence on Krishna, so we, we kind of fake it till we make it. We may, we may say those words and they may be a little shallow in the beginning, but we repeat them and we try to do a deeper meditation on them and come, come to understand it in, in a real way. So some thoughts or questions. I saw some uh, reactions that they like uh, some of the kutta that we're talking right now. But questions or comments, thoughts on this amazing... I mean, when you think about this purport... For most people, we may read and say, oh, okay, Hare Krishna, because we, Hare. we, but it's very deep. Yes, Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhu, this is Jivta Tudas, wanted to share some comments. Okay. So, uh, the example that Srila Prabhupada is covering in the purport, Madhvinda Puri, right? When he was, uh, you know, at Vrindavan, he took the parikrama of Govardhan, and afterwards in his dream came Gopalji as a young coward boy, telling him that, you know, he has to save him. So Gopalji gave, a young coward boy first gave him some milk and afterwards, you know, he didn't return to pick the pot. And in the dream, he came and saying that, please save me. I'm the DT, Lord Krishna's DT. So that's one example that came to mind. And second is Srila Prabhupada himself propagating, you know, Gauravani Pacharini, propagating the uh, glories of the holy name of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his teachings exactly. all around the world. So those were the second example. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Other thoughts, questions, comments? Yes, Prabhu. Yes, Mama. <clears throat> Prabhu, like uh, the child offering, uh, you know, with love and uh, devotion, the example you gave, it, it's very nice. Um, but from the other side, Prabhu, like a person who doesn't need anything is depending 
like the word used here in this purport by propadi he depends on his devotees um, that is that um, i'm what i feel is the feeling behind that is like um, kind of extreme love mm. yes and the devotees so very nice yeah that's true as if, uh, it is like as if you know i i can't bear without that so that yeah that is so sweet for me mm-hmm. chit chitra brings up the point about uh krishna's lifting up govardhan hill uh but some of the coward men are think oh we better help them and they they take their sticks and <laughs> yeah. hold up the hill <laughs> it was very nice <laughs> yeah uh anything else hari krishna prabhu yes raghunandan prabhu um this this purport helped me realize the difference between the spiritual conception and material conception in the spiritual conception even though the supreme lord and his empowered devotees can do everything by themselves they 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 depend on others but in the case of the material conception actually i do not have that much of qualification or capability but i think that i can get it done by myself uh, yes exactly yeah yes uh-huh yeah very nice okay should we care uh, anything else but it's you know these these uh, pastimes where krishna reveals his reciprocation with his devotees is very very uh, nice and probably is bringing out so wonderfully in this purport so we're just going to the next verse uh verse number 6 and it says after profusely offering respect obeisances under lord vishnu the devotee should offer respectful obeisances under mother lakshmi the goddess of fortune and pray as follows o wife of lord vishnu o internal energy of lord vishnu you are as good as lord vishnu himself for you have all the all his qualities and opulences oh goddess of fortune please be kind to me oh mother of the entire world i offer my respectful obeisances unto you and in the purport prabhupada talks a little tatva here knowledge the word maya means shakti lord vishnu the supreme cannot exhibit his power everywhere without his principal energy it is said shakti uh, shakti man abheda the power and the powerful identical now but we now we have to understand that right because it's, it's you know so that is explained therefore mother lakshmi the goddess of fortune is the constant companion of lord vishnu they remain together constantly one cannot keep lakshmi in one's home without lord vishnu to think that to think that one can do so is very dangerous to keep lakshmi or the riches of the lord without the service of the lord is always dangerous for then lakshmi becomes the illusory energy with lord vishnu however lakshmi is the spiritual energy so isn't this uh you know lakshmi um translates in you know in modern words which you know rupees and dollars and and uh things like that or uh, i think rupees in uh uh mexico so pesos or the or pounds and for the devotees here who are in from london but the the uh and so most people don't make the connection between lakshmi and narayan right between opulence and the source of all opulence 
and that Lakshmi is always serving Lord Narayan. Radharani, the ultimate Lakshmi, is always serving Krishna. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us in this world, we want Lakshmi without Narayan, right? Um, and so we look out in this world and we, we don't see the connection and therefore we think everything is meant for our pleasure. The, uh, there's one, there's one um, uh, statement I heard. It's called the, I don't know if you ever heard of this before, it's called the lusty boy philosophy. And that is the, the, the young man sees it, a very attractive young woman. And in his mind, he thinks, oh, she must not have a boyfriend or a husband, right? Because if she doesn't have a boyfriend or a husband, then he can try to approach her and try to enjoy with her, right? So similarly, we look at this world and we look at the opulence of the world and we don't make the connection <laughs> to Krishna. Therefore, I, okay, if I don't do that, then I can, then I can think that everything is meant for, for my enjoyment. So again, a very intimate understanding of God. Because someone could read this and say, God has a wife? What? Right? You can again imagine in a Judeo-Christian Islamic uh, you know, mindset, and you read this verse, they go, this purple, huh? Lakshmi Dev is the, the wife of Lord. And of course, for us, we don't think twice. Yeah, of course. What's the problem? You have Sita Ram, you have Lakshmi Narayan, you have, right? Uh, <laughs> you have Radha Krishna, et cetera. You know, we, we don't, because we are so schooled in the personal conception uh, of God. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, sometimes I like to read the Bhagavatam and try to imagine what a person who's not familiar with it would think when they read it. Uh, um. So Prabhupada writes about this Shaktiman and uh, Shakti Shaktimana Beta. I'll read this. So this is our position. Jiva is Shakti Tattva and Bhagavan is Shaktiman Tattva. But Shakti Shaktiman Abheda, there's no difference. There are many other examples, just like the sun and sunlight. Sunlight is not different from the sun and still the sunlight is not the sun. In the morning when you find that this that there is sunlight within your room, you can say this the, you can say the sun is within your room. Right? So he's making that trying to understand what the word abeda means, non-different. And it doesn't mean they, they're the same similar in interest, but not that the soul and the Supreme Lord are the same. Another quote from the Chaitanya Charya Tamrita, Advaita Charya is Ishwara Tattva. He is not Shakti Tattva. He's Ishwara Tattva. And we are all Shakti Tattva. Therefore, there is difference. Shakti, Shakti Man. Although there is no difference Abhina, but still Shakti Tattva is superior. Shakti Man Tattva is superior than Shakti Tattva. So Prabhupada is saying here, when we, when we want Lakshmi without Narayan, that Lakshmi immediately becomes Maya. And that same Lakshmi, when we see its connection with Krishna, um, it's then Lakshmi is a spiritual energy. So therefore, you know, it, it, we, we, the money that we get from our work or that may come from inheritance or something, we, we always use it carefully. 
you know, we may, you know, have to pay the rent and pay the boga, pay for the food that we eat and all those things. But because the devotee sees money as Krishna's energy, um, we, 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 we want to use it carefully. We want to use it carefully. And know that it's, we have to be careful about Lakshmi because it can really bewilder people, right? You know, what, what kind of crazy things do millions of people do in this world because of money? Right? Include, including killing your own, you know, family members or so many things. Um, now Jay has asked an interesting question. Um, but before, I'll get to that in a second, Jay. Just see if there's any comments or questions on what I just said about uh, Lakshmi and Narayan or Vishnu. Yeah, just quick. Uh, my problem is I don't re- think I really understand this offering of obeisances. And um, like, like if I have a lot of uh, good fortune from Lakshmi, then I would want to get profuse, profuse obeisances to Krishna, but I'm not sure I really know how to do that. So I just wondered if anybody else has a. You don't know how to do obeisances? No. I mean, all, they, all you ever see them doing is say, I offer my obe- obeisances. So I just say that, and that's obeisances. <laughs> I think it's more than that, you know. But well, I, yeah. yes. It, okay. Well, physically, it can mean, you know, uh, either dandabats, where you put your whole body flat in front of a picture or deity of the Lord or Krishna. Like a plank. Yeah. Yeah. That's Dandavats. Or you can do, um, what is it called? But anyway, you know, you basically your knees and your hands and your head touches the floor. Um, so that's the literal, but the, Hmm. um, uh, I don't know, symbolic wouldn't be right word, but the deeper meaning is, is Sharanagati. It's offering, uh, our heart and our life Hmm. and our, intelligence and our mind and our words and our actions and our money, you know, in, in whatever different ways that is, um, that's the ultimate obeisances. That doesn't replace, you know, we, if we walk into the temple room, we just go to Christian said, I love you. I'm going to serve you. We should, Christian said, okay, well, you know, also pay obeisances. <laughs> okay. You know, there was that song by boy, George, uh, bow down, mister. Hare Krishna, Hare Rama, Hare Krishna. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little bit like that. <laughs> and Chitra writes that we, uh, I think obeisance should be offered from the heart. Yes. It, sh- it shouldn't be. Because it could be also kind of uh, Niyamagraha. It could be really ritualistic. You just walk in the temple and mindly say, Okay, Hare Krishna. You know. um, so... I find that uh, I, I, because I'm really being careful about COVID, I, uh, my wife goes to the temples often, but I don't go at all. But, you know, the one or two times I have been going, I find my obeisance are a little more heartfelt because, you know, it's been a while since I've been doing it regularly. <clears throat> like that. Is that all right, Andy? Yeah, that helps a lot. Uh, okay. I think it's going to be tough for me, but I, now I know what the direction is. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Uh, okay, Prabhupada mentioned we should worship Radha and Krishna as Lakshmi Narayan. Could you elaborate on what he means in this? Well, he 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 basically um, we meaning that in our stage 
of bhakti. We can't, uh, we should offer the Lord, we should worship the Lord, Lakshmi Narayan. What that means is with great respect, with awe and reverence, and with opulence. So, meaning, you know, we're not Sanatan Goswami who, you know, he's a renunciate and, and uh, he's having this, you know, he's offering the Lord one chapati. And the Lord said, you know, could you give me some salt at least? And he said, first you're going to want salt, then you're going to want so many other things. Just be satisfied with the chapati. You know, that, that rag, that, that intense rag mood or, you know, of, of a super advanced devotee who can talk to Krishna like that. You know, in our state, no, no, it should be, you know, proper awe and reverence and understand I'm dealing with the Supreme Lord Krishna here and to be very careful about committing offenses. So, so therefore we worship in the mood of awe and reverence rather than in the mood of ragmarg. Um, now a very advanced devotee may externally, we studied this in Nectar Devotion, you know, like a different lifetime, it seems, <laughs> uh, he may externally be making the, you know, worshiping the Lord in awe and reverence and opulence in like Lakshmi Narayan. Um, yet internally may be actually practicing very advanced stages of rag, but he won't show that he or she won't uh, display that externally. You know, Prabhupada says the nectar devotion that he'll continue to act like a neophyte. So that's, that's part, but I remember going to Lakshmi Narayan temple in uh, Jaipur. I think it was in Jaipur. Yeah. And, you know, it was such a mood of awe and reverence that they were very big deities and they were up on this and, it's just, you know, just kind of like this. And you really, I really got the feeling of what awe and reverence is. Prabhupada, by giving us Radha and Krishna, even though we said we, we, wor- we worship in the mood of Lakshmi Narayan, still they're Radha and Krishna. You can't, you can't deny that. And it's a, there's a sweetness there and I would, you know, a Madhurya-ness rather than just an Aishwarya-ness. Aishwarya meaning opulence and Madhurya meaning sweetness. Um, so that was Prabhupada's, uh, point there that he wanted us to be, we're, we're Vaidhi Sadhana Bhaktas and Bhaktins. And we should have the proper mood of, of reverence and, um, opulence in the service. And, and that means, you know, being on time, all the different rules that should be there. Uh, and that we're not on the rod market. Is that all right, Jay? Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. Just uh, for the other people on the call, I was like, I just looked up what awe and reverence really means. And awe mi- means mi- mixed with fear and uh, wonder. And reverence means deep respect. So, yeah, I think that really ties in. And that is what Lakshmi Narayan worship is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can move on. Um, now we're going up to 13. My dear Lord, my, my Lord Vishnu, full of six opulences, you are the best of all enjoyers and the most powerful. Oh, husband of Mother Lakshmi, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you who are accompanied by many associates, such as Vishvaksena. I offer all the paraphernalia for worshiping you. One should chant this mantra, and then that's, so that's uh, actually, this is two verses, so that's the end of that verse. Now it says, one should chant this mantra every day with great attention while worshiping Lord Vishnu with all paraphernalia, such as water, 
for washing his feet, hands and mouth, and water for his bath. One should offer him various presentations for his worship, such as garments, a sacred thread, ornaments, scents, flowers, incense, and lamps. Sugadeva Swami continued, After worshiping the Lord with all the paraphernalia mentioned above, one should chant the following mantra while offering 12 oblations of ghee on the sacred fire. Om Namo Bhagavate Mahapurushaya Mahavibhuti Pataye Swaha If one desires all opulence, his duty is to daily worship Lord Vishnu with his wife Lakshmi. With great devotion, one should worship him according to the above-mentioned process. Lord Vishnu and the goddess of fortune are an immensely powerful combination. They are the bestowers of all benedictions and the source of all good fortune. Therefore, the duty of everyone is to worship Lakshmi Narayan. Verse 10. One should offer obeisances unto the Lord with a mind humbled through devotion. While offering dandavats, there's that word, dandavats, by falling on the ground like a rod, one should chant the above mantra ten times. Then one should chant the following prayer. My dear Lord Vishnu and Mother Lakshmi, Goddess of Fortune, you are the proprietors of the entire creation. Indeed, you are the cause of the creation. Mother Lakshmi is extremely difficult to understand because she is so powerful that the jurisdiction of her power is difficult to overcome. Mother Lakshmi is represented in the material world as the external energy, but actually she is always the internal energy of the Lord. My Lord, you are the master of energy and therefore you are the supreme person. You are sacrificed, yagna, personified. Lakshmi, the embodiment of spiritual activities is the original form of worship offered to, unto you, whereas you are the enjoyer of all sacrifices. Mother Lakshmi, who is here, um, is the reservoir of all spiritual qualities, whereas you manifest and enjoy all these qualities. Indeed, you are actually the enjoyer of everything. You live as a super soul in all living entities. And the goddess of fortune is the form of their bodies, senses, and minds. She also has a holy name and form, whereas you are the support of all such names and forms and the cause for their manifestation. Okay. So, um, Prabhupada starts by talking about Madhvacharya, the Acharya of the Tattvavadis, has described this verse as follows. Vishnu is described as yagna personified, and Lord, Mother Lakshmi is described as spiritual activities and the original form of worship. And then Prabhupada goes on to say, so according to Madhvacharya, there are two tattvas or factors. One is independent, the other is dependent. The first tattva is Lord Vishnu, uh, and the second is Jiva tattva. Lakshmi Devi being dependent on Vishnu is sometimes counted among jivas. The Gaudiya Vaishnavas, however, describe Lakshmi Devi in accordance with the following two verses from the Prameya Ratnavali of Bhaladevidyabhusana. The first verse is a quotation from the Vishnu Purana. So then it goes on to describe the, um, the some subtle differences in, in, in the presentation of the Madhvas and the Gaudiyas. So Prabhupada writes at the end, the correct conclusion is that the description of Lakshmi as being different from Vishnu are stated when an eternally liberated living entity is imbued, imbibed, imbued uh, with the quality of Lakshmi. They do not pertain to Mother Lakshmi, the eternal consort of Lord Vishnu. So you see, 
Prabhupada, he, pre- he presents the differences and then he reconciles them at the end, right? Do you see that? He, uh, um, so he says, the correct conclusion is that the descriptions of Lakshmi as being different from Lord Vishnu, being a jiva, are stated when an eternally liberated jiva is imbued with the quality of Lakshmi. And they don't pertain to Mother Lakshmi, who's the, the Vishnu Tattva, or, or, or Shakti, uh, Shakti Man, you know, the eternal consort of Lord Vishnu. So I thought this was significant in that uh, there's, let me just read. So Prabhupada right, uh, says in, in the Mayapur, so in a lecture he gave, so we have to go through like that. As Chaitanya Charitamrita is explaining, we have to follow this principle. Then if you are really inquisitive to learn the absolute truth, they will explain, as here it is explained here, Advaitacharya is Ishvara, is incarnation of Maha, of Mahavishnu. Sometimes Advaitacharya is called Sadash, Sadashiva Avatar. The Sadashiva is also expansion of Mahavishnu. So either way, you say incarnation of Sadashiva or Mahavishnu, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, my, the point is that, you know, sometimes we'll read something and we'll think, well, but that, what is, how does that connect? There's almost always a way to reconcile or to explain things or that it, you know, it actually doesn't make that big a deal because Krishna can do anything. So if he wants to be the incarnation of uh, uh, a Sadashiva as a Dvaitacharya or Maravishnu, probably basically says it doesn't matter. Now for, for the, for the mind, but what do you mean it doesn't matter? I want to try to figure this out. Um, but sometimes we just say, oh, you know, we, we, the, the, the spiritual reality is so vast and so far beyond our small mind that uh, there are different ways of seeing the same thing. So let me uh, read something else. So this is from the 11th Canto, 22nd chapter. Okay, so Uddhava is talking and... Sometimes it's hard to read. Okay, I'll read this. So it says, My dear Lord, O Master of the Universe, how many different elements of creation have been enumerated by the great sages? I have heard you personally describe a total of 28. And then he explains what those 28 are. Um, But some authorities say there are 26. Others say 25, 7, 9, 6, 4, 11. And even others say 17, 16, or 13. What did each of these sages have in mind when he calculated the creative elements in such different ways? Kindly explain this to me. So Krishna's reply is, because all material elements are present everywhere, it is reasonable that different learned brahmanas have analyzed them in different ways. All such philosophers spoke under the shelter of my mystic potency, and thus they could say anything without contradicting the truth, without contradicting the truth. When philosophers argue, I don't choose to analyze this particular case in the same way that you have, it is simply my own insurmountable energy that are motivating their analytic differences. Um, And then he says, by interaction of my energies, different opinions arise. But for those who have fixed their intelligence on me and control their senses, differences of perception disappear. And consequently, the very cause of argument is removed. So... Uh, there can be different opinions about things and they can both be right. 
And sometimes we're thinking, right, you know, we're scratching our head up. But in the spiritual realm, in the way the Acharyas think is not necessarily the same the way we think. And it's so nice to see how Krishna said, yeah, no, they, they explain things in different ways, but all those different ways are bona fide. Now, we also know some things are not bona fide. We're not saying, you know, yato matato pat, you know, whatever way, it doesn't matter. But um, it's, it's healthy to know, especially when, like, let's say just practical terms amongst devotees. Devotees have a different idea about something, right? Um, you know, we, uh, we should only offer, we should only serve out uh, Vedic prashadam, you know, whatever Vedic is, but, you know, uh, you know, traditional prashadam, you know, puri, sabji, halava, um, whatever, you know, um, whether, you know, uh, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking at Raghunandan and think, Prabhu and thinking of that South Indian preparations, you know, dosa, you know, coconut chutney, et cetera, et cetera. And others say, no, no, as long as it's, it's all, it's vegetarian and proper, we, you know, we, we attract more people with pizza and pasta and this, that. So is that either of them wrong? Not necessarily. But sometimes we can fight like anything, you know, Prabhupada tells that story of uh, the two people walking along the river and one person says, you know, you can cut things much better with a knife. And the other person said, you're crazy. You can cut things much better with a scissor. And they get into a heated argument about this. And they're so heated that one of the, the knife person pushes the scissor person into the river and he can't swim. Right. But with his last breath, he puts his hand above his, the water and goes like this. <laughs> Scissor. They want to win the argument. Scissor. Not <laughs> so uh I, I just found this to be very, you know, maybe it's part because part of my service, but I found this to be very instructive here in this verse in verse 13 and Prabhupada's purport. It's a no no, it's a, you know, you can look at it both ways about Lakshmi Devi's um uh situation. In another place, there's two different stories about Lord Varaha uh, in the Bhagavatam, and then Prabhupada explains, yeah, it's because it, they happened in different kalpas. Um, so, uh, some thoughts on this point? Yes, Mahamantra Prabhu. Prabhu, uh, and we read, read the previous verse, like, uh, Vishnu Patni Mahamaya, the same thoughts were going in my head, Prabhu, like, sometimes we hear Mila Devi, as uh, you know, the uh, principal deity of material energy and uh, Durga, and now we are hearing about Mother Lakshmi. So I was thinking, how do I reconcile? It's maybe it's like they are all energy of energies of uh, the Lord. Yes, yeah. I don't get clarity either. So how do we? <laughs> yeah, there are all different ways of of explaining. Yeah. Just like you know, you. I don't know all the devotees on the call uh, exactly where they're from, but you and uh, Raghunandam Prabhu are from South, right? Yes, ma'am. And so you may have, a, if you were connected with the Sri Sampradaya previously, you'll understand sometimes it's described as 16 energies and, you know, different, you know. But it's, there's no um, great contradiction. You know, yeah. the, the, remember, persons in the mode of passion, they generally try to see differences, right? right? People in the mode of goodness tend to reconcile uh, differences as much, but of course, there's some different flavors between uh, Gaudiya's and and Sri Sampradaya, right. yeah. but not. Uh, but Krishna can reconcile those differences very easily, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, like that. 
Who would ask, Prabhu? You're on Hare mute, Kish- right? Okay. Yes, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Um, so it's a fascinating listening. I'm listening to this um, discussion, and um, <clears throat> I'm thinking there that that so much of this is uh, interpretation and reassurance that you know things are the same. But um, is there any connection to rasa basa? In other words. How devotees analyze how Swarup Damodar Maharaj would analyze um, poets that would uh, submit work before Lord Chaitanya, and Swarup Damodar would say, "No, uh, you can't su- uh, submit this because this is actually um, right mixture of right. mixture of rasas." Mm-hmm. And so, is that a different category than what we're yes. discussing? Yes, it is. And I, I tried to say that, but I probably, obviously I didn't say it clearly enough that there, there are, you know, rights and wrongs or, or, you know, there are improper philosophies and there's also improper things. But, um, the boundaries, I think sometimes, especially in, in our kind of Western linear thinking, we kind of put the boundaries here and the boundaries maybe be a little bit more like here, but boundaries are boundaries. And there are things that are outside of those boundaries, as you're very rightly saying. Yes. So in that, in that situation, as you're saying, you know, Surup Damodar Goswami was very careful. He was the uh, gate, he held the gateway to presenting things to, uh, to um, Lord Chaitanya. But, but it might be interesting to note that um, I, I'm, 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 I'm not guessing here, but I'm, I'm, my understanding is, and maybe someone who says something bogus about Radha and Krishna, but they say something totally bona fide to Lord Chaitanya about uh, Lakshmi Narayan. Right? And, and, you know, Lord Chaitanya had these beautiful uh, discussions with the Tattvavadis and respectful discussions. You know, he was, he just kind of like saying, well, you know, my Krishna is a little special compared to the, your Narayan. <laughs> But then when he saw that some people, they could not change their, you know, he said, okay, TK, TK. <laughs> but, you know, that was very transcendental rasa. Whereas with Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, he basically, even though he listened to him for seven days without saying anything, he basically said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Again, in modern language, that's basically what he said. You know, I heard everything you said, but can't make, you know, heads or tails out of it. <laughs> Right, because it's you know. So yes, thank you for bringing that up, Gurudas Prabhu. And um, I got a private chat from a devotee who just said that um, that we should give, we should share some of our Lakshmi. Um, um, is, is this story saying you know at least ten percent? Uh, that may not be possible, but you know what? Do what we can to uh, to help those who are in a. Uh, uh, poor situation than us. Now, Srila Prabhupada, uh, you'd be surprised to know, sometimes said 50%. But, you know, the question of how to do that, and that might have been post-expenses. That, that's one way you could understand it to be. And then he, he referred to Rupa Goswami, who but Prabhupada was quite clear in many places that he meant our income, but Rupa Goswami distributed his money um, uh, when he renounced everything. 
and he then he gave 50% to Krishna conscious causes, 25% for his relatives when he became renounced, and he kept 25% for emergencies. But that was quite a bit of money at that time. He was wealthy. He was a, a wealthy person. And anything else? So uh, I think we can read the, the rest of the verses on our own. There's no, there were no more purports to talk about. So we have come to a historical juncture. <laughs> we actually studied the entire six cantos of the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's pretty amazing. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, 207 lectures, I think it was. I think that's what it was, is, is the present count on, uh, on SoundCloud. Whew. So the question is, uh, where do we go from here? Now, Shakshi Gopal Prabhu mentioned last week that he said, oh, let's go on to the seventh canto. Um, are we, are, should we be happy with what we've done? Uh, I, I, I sometimes fear that some of you come on these calls just out of respect for me. Thinking, well, Raj Bihari is going. I might, I, you know, he's going to be offended if I don't show up anymore. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I, I sometimes fear that that you may be just out of your natural kindness, you don't want to uh, discourage me. Um, but uh, what, what are you, what are you all thinking? Are you, are you like want your Sunday mornings back or Sunday afternoon in the case of uh, Amanda and Jay? And, um, or, you know, what, what do you, yeah, Ryan, you had a point. Um, I'm new here. I think this is my fourth time coming. Um, I just want to say, please, please continue. I find so much value in this. I know I haven't been around for a long time, but I see it as a, I don't know where I saw this, but basically learning about Krishna is a form of devotion. So that's what I see it as. And I don't like, you know, I could find other things to do in the morning on Sundays, but I think this is the most productive. So please continue. Where do you live, Ryan? Uh, Virginia Beach. I live in Virginia Beach. I actually plan, I don't know if I'll be able to, but it's about four hours from D.C. I really want to come to the temple in D.C. Yeah. I've never been to a temple. Oh, yeah. Well, please do uh, uh, plan sometime. We can talk about that. About how you could uh, make a have a nice uh, visit, even uh, if you come on. Like for example, we're still. I think you heard before. We're still having some COVID restrictions. If you come on a really nice, warm, sunny day, there we have twelve acres of land and cows and everything, and so you can um, uh, have a ple very pleasant visit. Okay. Also, um, thank you. Closer to the end, can I ask a question? Once everybody else is. Uh, sure. Just keep that in mind for a second. So uh, okay. Amanda Thank says you. she agrees with Ryan. Um, Ananda Rupa and Jiva Tattva would like to continue. And of course, I very much respect them as senior devotees. Jay says it's a highlight of his, of his week. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Uh, no, it's not crazy. It's the Bhagavatam. Uh, just that, you know, Suganda would like to continue. Oh, my gosh, you guys are nuts. <laughs> Please. Uh, other thoughts, but seriously, please feel free. Don't. I'm not going to be offended. You know, it's it's it's, it's a lot. Hare Krishna, Pro, Hare Krishna My case is a little bit different. I was traveling a lot and now shift in the Dallas, so I was very regular to join in class. 
Yeah, so I do not respond to you, but I understand all your the class, and I just uh, grabbing myself. Acha, so you've been shifted from the shelter of Madan Mohan to the shelter of Radha Kalachanji. <laughs> yes, Prabhuji. Yes, we miss under your association. All are under our proof of the shelter, Prabhuji. Anyone else like to uh, comment? You don't have to. Yes, Prabhu. Please continue, Prabhu. Is the most valuable thing, actually. Uh, I missed some classes due uh, to family emergencies, but uh, now uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all set right here. I would like to hear Henry say something. That, that's my wish. <laughs> oh, I want to hear. I want it to really see. I want it to continue for sure. Yeah, I've enjoyed this. This is a wonderful time. And being together with the devotees, I see the devotees that I used to seeing, and uh, it's a wonderful song. I really wish you would continue. I, I want to be here every Sunday morning from now on. Please continue. Well, well, why does it have to be every Sunday? I mean, maybe we can make it more flexible so our guru doesn't feel like it's hanging over his head every Sunday, maybe make it impromptu, like you send an email, go or no go, this week. You know, well, the, the, the consistency actually helps. Um, I'm not a guru, but consistently actually helps me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, we're going to get into the seventh canto, which is such a wonderful canto, and, uh, and hear about uh, Prahlad Maharaj and yeah. So, I, Andy, for me, the, the consistency is easy. It's actually, my life is such that I have too much discretionary time. And that's a bad thing in one sense, because, you know, when you have a lot of discretionary time, you always have to think, what am I, what, what should I do now? And I have 10 different things I could do. And you take a lot, use a lot of your mental energy making choices. But when things are, when some things are set in your life, it actually makes things easier. This has just been a little tough for me uh, this past five weeks because I'm taking this course in Oxford on Gaudiya Vaishnava history, and there's a lot of reading. Um, but it's almost over. I only have two more classes. So, all right. Well, uh, let, let, let's say this. We will continue. But anyone, please, you have full permission to not... I won't feel bad at all if you decide, well, listen, you know, it's been a nice ride. And, uh, you know, um, I'm going to um, go, uh, you know, uh, chant 64 rounds every Sunday <laughs> instead <laughs> or whatever. But it is, uh, I mean, just imagine what we've covered everything from the, I mean, we covered everything from the first six cantos. It's quite amazing. You know, in some detail, we, we, the only, the only thing we skimmed through a little bit was the structure of the universe. And then we had that two hour presentation, if you remember. Yeah. The devotees from the Bhaktivedanta Institute to summarize it. But besides that, we read almost every, you know, verse. And, uh, I mean, you know, my style, my style is to, um, try to first respect Prabhupada and his purports and then also try to, bring in the modern application of, of things. And uh, that's what I find uh, can be helpful for us. So uh, um, 
Yeah. And so I hope that's okay. All right. Well, I mean, one, one thing. I, oh, one go one, ahead, Henry. One, so could you say those statistics again of how many years we've been doing it and how many classes well, or something? Well, let's, uh, let, let me say, I had, I had it open before. Uh, yeah, here it is. The, you know, we did have breaks, like when I went to India and things like that. Anyway, it was, I think it's 206. Yeah. Henry. Yeah, 206, 207, 205, somewhere in that neighborhood. I, that I, right? brag. I have to have something to brag about, you know. What yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you divide that by 52 uh, months, uh, weeks in a year, uh, that's a long time. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah, it's probably at least five years because with, with the breaks, yeah. you know, the trips to yeah. India and all that. It's... Uh, Rick Krishnaburgu? Yes, uh, yes, uh, Jeeva Tapabu. Since April 2015. Acha? April 2015. Oh, my uh, God. We took a break during March of that year because there were some uh, festivals at the temple. Mm-hmm. And then we started in April. Wow. April 2015. Krishna, Krishna. Amazing. Um, yeah. Does that help, Henry? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. If you're looking for a dissenting voice, I don't know about you, Prabhu's, but I would be perfectly happy if this slot was replaced by, you know, like a self-help seminar, like how to get rich in real estate or. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> very good. Um, Ryan, you had a question? Yes, thanks. Um, so I don't remember if I read this in, in Renunciation Through Wisdom or Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but it was talking about demonic people. When it says that, does it literally mean like... Yeah, well, it's it's an English word, right? So it doesn't mean they have horns coming out of their head, <laughs> right? And they're carrying a, tri- you know, a red trident and they have big fangs and, you know... <laughs> it just means they're not like Krishna conscious or well the the what is the anyone tell us what is the sanskrit word for demons asura asura yeah so sura means saintly person and asura means non-saintly person okay and and krishna describes in the 13th chapter of the bhagavad-gita the mentality of oh is it 16 16th chapter is that right 16th chapter the bhagavad-gita he says ishwaraham Aham bogi, siddham balabam suki. He says that I, you know, they think that they are the controllers. Uh, everything is meant for their enjoyment, um, and that they are very, you know, everything that they achieved in life is all done by their intelligence and their hard work, and not giving any credit to God. Okay, thanks. I was just getting a little confused because in the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, that book. Yep. He talks about the demons that you know Krishna had in his ch- like in his childhood. Right. So I was getting them mixed up with these, literally thinking they're. Well, yeah. The, well, those were you know people who played the role of demons in very extra extraordinary ways. Mm-hmm. They were big, big demons, not like you know just like you know. Yeah, they were capital D, not small <laughs> D demons. Uh, <laughs> Thank they, you. They were the real deal. Uh, and Ryan, the other thing is that we have within our own mind both the uh, saintly and the demon, you know, um, and, and uh, you know, 
What's that? What's that? Is that Native American saying that there's a, uh, you have two wolves in your heart and which one is going to win? You know, one is the demon, one is the devotee. Hmm. And which one is going to win? And the answer is uh, the one that you feed. Right. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. So um, I will, if anyone um, just, I don't know, most of you probably have my email address. If you let me know, you should, of course you all do because you get the emails. Um, if you attended at least 250 of those 500, <laughs> uh, please let me know and we will give you a Bhakti by Baba certificate. Now, as I mentioned before, this is not the ISKCON one. This will be the ISKCON of DC one. The ISKCON one in, in ter- involves memorizing 75 shlokas, um, writing dozens of essays and things that I, to be honest, I just didn't have time to uh, administer such a program. I teach Bhakti Shastri, and, but I can do that because we have uh, Sundarananda Prabhu and Prematarangani Mataji um, administering that. And so all I have to do is show up and teach. But this has been a solo performance here. Um, but we will be, but it will be a Bhakti Vaibhava degree. It'll just be one from ISKCON of DC rather than the international ISKCON. And uh, we will be calling, I guess, the next one the Bhakti Vedanta, because that's what it is, the next six cantos. And if you get a Bhakti Vedanta degree, Prabhupada said in 1975, then you can start initiating. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we all know that um, Nandi Muki is very eager to start initiating. So she'll have to attend the classes. <laughs> I hope Nandi Muki doesn't mind me joking uh, with her a little bit. Okay, Prabhu's. Well, it's uh, wonderful. Uh, we 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 studied this first six cantos, and we will go on to the seventh canto. Prabhu, one question, Prabhu. Yes, Reverend. Uh, can you share the steps of uh, getting that uh, actual Bhakti Vedanta certificate of fulfilling those? What are the requirements that needs to be fulfilled in terms of writing the essays and the verses? Yeah. Um, um, thanks for reminding me. And I will um, write just now while it was just because you're reminding me, I'll write to Bhakti Rupa Prabhu. Uh, and to Atul Krishna Prabhu and uh, Bhaktivedanta. Okay, I'll write him right now and check on that, okay? Thank you, Prabhu. Okay. All right, well, I hope you have a wonderful week in Krishna consciousness. We're, we're working our way up to Gaur Pranima, uh, maybe I hope most of you have seen the advertisements for the GBC strategic planning teams, um, wonderful presentations that they've been having, um, starting on Advaita Acharya's appearance. They have so many wonderful speakers um, and uh, yeah, all kinds of uh, 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 katas. It's all centered around the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And it took us weeks and weeks to plan this out. Uh, and it's going on every day, sometimes two, two presentations per day. And I think he, uh, very, very nice. I, I, I understood that Sitala Mataji gave a wonderful presentation the other day on the first Gorpranim festival in Ketri by, uh, the, cause she wrote a book on Narotamadas Thakur. Yeah. And, and so it's a very beautiful book, by the way. I, I read that book recently. It was so nice. So easy to read. 
Um, and I saw her, you know, she spoke. So we also tried to find a mixture of, you know, some of the famous devotees in ISKCON, but maybe people who are less known but can speak wonderfully. Um, and uh, please, if you keep an eye out for that, it's some really nice things. And uh, yeah, the, I think if anything, the challenge is just that there's too much online. There's so many. What is it? You know, how many lectures are on ISKCONDesiretree.com? It's like, you know, tens of thousands of them. Okay, so Hare Krishna Prabhu's Manchakalpa Trubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhyevacha Patitanam Pavani Kila Prabhupada Ki Jai Jai Thank you Prabhu Hare Krishna Hare Krishna